And I think it touches me to the deepest part of who I am because I'm expecting Elijah to get a lecture. And instead, he gets lunch. Isn't that what we expect from our boss and our spouse and our preacher and our God? We expect a lecture, something along the lines of, who in the world told you to run? You're a prophet, for heaven's sake, and she's a girl. Get your pathetic self up and get back in the game. But he gives him lunch. Here, have a happy meal. Looks like you could use one. I love that about God. Because what I expect is the lecture. And he gets lunch. God feeds him. And if you're just putting your foot in the water on this God thing, or maybe you're giving church another try, I don't know how you got here this morning. Maybe a friend bribed you or your wife drug you here. I'm just here to tell you, he's good. He really is that good. He does not want to give you a lecture. At the core of our very service this morning, week in and week out, is lunch. And you're right, Charlie. As we look back and remember, God help us look forward and count on it. He didn't just provide. He's a provider. He loves his stuff. But I know you get tired. I know you get worn out. But he's good. All right, moving the camera back to the people. Remember the, the riot that's going on? We've got the protesters. This what is it diet has got to come to an end. All right? Back to them. What's God going to do with those folks? I'm going to mess with myself. I love what he does here. You're going to love these words. Look at verses 18 through 20. Tell the people, consecrate yourselves in preparation for tomorrow when you will eat meat. The Lord heard you when you wailed. If only I had meat to eat. We were better off in Egypt. Now the Lord will give you meat and you will eat it. You will not just eat it for one day or for two days or for five days or ten days or twenty days, but for an entire month until it comes out of your nostrils. And you loathe it. Because you have rejected the Lord who is among you and have wailed before him saying, why did we ever leave Egypt? Sounds like somebody's in trouble to me. Because you've rejected the Lord. Not just wailed, not just cried out. Because the complaint's not about the choice of food. The complaint is about the cook. They have crossed a line saying, we were better off without you, God. We were better off someplace else and with someone else. Forget all that slavery stuff and miserable stuff. We just wish we were back there. Now listen, with them, those other gods. This is cosmic treason we're talking about, church. God says, I'll give you something to eat. Meat for a month till it comes out of your nose. Well, Moses has a question. Lord, if we roasted every lamb that we have and we barbecued every goat that we've got and went to the lake and caught every fish we could catch, that would be enough for these people. And the Lord answers Moses, is the Lord's arm too short? Now you will see whether or not what I will say will come true for you. 
Are you questioning my abilities, Moses? Are you questioning my goodness? Are you questioning my competence? For some of you today, this is exactly what you needed to hear. Because you walked in here not just struggling, not just weary, but you're actually beginning to think there's nothing he can do about this. And God says, do you really think my arm is too short? The land of in-between is not only a fertile ground for provision, it's also the fertile ground for God's discipline. And this part of the story is not funny at all. Because God sends not just a covey of quail. He sends herds of quail into the camp. Forget shotguns, guys. You just needed a broom. I mean, they came in low, and all you had to do was knock them out of the air, and there was enough. The Bible says for ten basketfuls for each person. That is a pickup load of quail. It's a bunch. And they're no doubt eating it and no doubt drying some of it. When the Bible says, while the meat was still between their teeth, the Lord's anger burned against them. And the Lord sent a wasting plague, and the people died. The discipline of God is never an easy topic for any teacher anywhere to talk about. However, it makes for a great tool at the dinner table for a whiny kid who won't eat his lima beans. Now, Cindy, I mean, you can use this. I mean, Noah's giving you a little bit of trouble. Just simply lean over and say, Jeremiah, um, Noah, Jeremiah's got a story he's going to tell you. And when he's done, we'll resume. And Jeremiah says, uh, Noah, there's this story about these people, and they didn't like what they were eating, and, and God killed them for it. <laughs> Cindy says, lima beans? <laughs> Works. We laugh, but it's serious. A plague breaks out among them. And I think it's fair to even ask this question, really? Because they complained a little? They deserve to die? Discipline is not always easy to understand, especially for those who are receiving it. But for those of us who are watching on the outside, aren't you grateful for parents who discipline their children? Amen? Aren't you grateful for coaches who discipline their players? Amen? We love it when we see a parent inflicting a little pain for redemptive purposes. And that's what discipline is. It's not venting. It's not being angry just because you've got the parent muscles to do it. Discipline is inflicting pain for a redemptive purpose. If an employer sees an employee who's perpetually late and perpetually behind schedule and perpetually spreading his or her sarcasm throughout the staff, don't the rest of the employees hope he disciplines them? Sure. Well, if we like that in a coach and in a parent and an employee, why wouldn't we want it in our God? Hear the word of the Lord on this in Hebrews chapter 12. If you're his child, you will receive some discipline. Endure hardship is discipline, the Bible says. God is treating you as his children. For what children are not disciplined by their father? If you're not disciplined, listen, and everyone undergoes discipline, then you're not legitimate. Not true sons and daughters at all. Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them for it. How much more would we be willing to submit, or should we be willing to submit to the Father's spirits and live? Warning, church. 
when we are quick to embrace a spirit of complaint, when we say, I was better off without you, be warned. Because God will discipline. The land of in-between is fertile ground for God's discipline. So what do we do with all of this? Understand that the land of in-between is a fertile soil for growth. That's what we do with it. It's one of the best soils for transformation of a human being in the world. It's the only soil that we grow faith in. God says over and over in his story, as well as our story, trust me, please, trust me, please, trust me. This is not a well-formed group of God followers moving out of Egypt over to the land of flowing milk, with, of milk and honey. They've lived for hundreds of years in a smorgasbord of idolatry. They are a motley crew of ex-slaves. They are insubordinate. And for their own good, God is providing and enabling and, yes, even disciplining them so that when they do arrive in the land flowing with milk and honey, they might actually enjoy it instead of being enslaved by it like its inhabitants. And so in this land of in-between, God is maturing and growing them just like he is doing you. I don't know about you, but I found this to be true in my short 52 years. I'm either coming out of the land of in-between or going back in. I get these brief oasis moments where it doesn't seem like I'm there, but it's not long and all of a sudden, what am I doing here? How am I going to get this done here? Oh, I forgot. You, because you led me here. The land of in-between is a transformational time. God says, I need you to trust me. I need you to depend upon me. When you run out of water, trust me. When you run out of food, trust me. When you face the enemy's battle lines, trust me. Because you're about to come into a land that will eat you alive. Now that was Israel's mission. For us, I think it's very, very similar. The land of in-between is fertile soil for transformation and our growth. It is a land of in-between where I learn to pray best and where I learn to depend the most. And if you're in this land, your heart's in danger because we can go one of two ways here. Either you're going through the land of in-between, believing and trusting in God, or you're going to go through the land of in-between and their faith will die. And we want to be a part of helping you along the journey. These messages, these times together, times out there, just being the church in the community, of helping each other move from one place and getting ready, literally, to move into a place that we can't even imagine. He who is faithful in little, God says, I will place over much in the new land that we're going to that really is the land flowing with milk and honey. Moses poured out his heart to God. I think that's the difference. The people of Israel just complained to God. Jeff Mannon, the young man who actually wrote an entire book on this subject called The Land Between writes this, I don't know about you, but I don't have to extend an invitation for complaint to show up in my life. Complaint arrives as an uninvited guest to my heart. You experience another disappointing day and into the house of your heart, complaint has moved into the guest room, taken all the drawers, and is doing a load of laundry and is rummaging through your fridge for something to eat. 
And even as you seek to dislodge it and change the locks and move its luggage to the curb, it sneaks in through the guest room. Complaint resists eviction in all of our lives. Now, how do you keep complaint out? Here's how. By intentionally inviting another guest into your heart. By intentionally making room for another guest to live in your heart. And that guest is trust. Simply saying to God, I don't understand this. I don't like this. I am weary of carrying this. But will you help me get through this? You. So I open my hand and I release what's concerning me. And I open my hand to receive what will deliver me. Please, God, I'm counting on you to provide because we're dying here. And then he ends with these words. And then when complaint tries to move back in, it discovers that trust is occupying the house and already has the guest room drawers filled. And trust's toothbrush is in the cup next to the sink. I'm telling you, trust evicts complaint. They are incompatible roommates. Who's living in your house? If like Shirley this morning you want to say, I hear the knock and I'm answering the door. Jesus, you're welcome to come in. I'm ready to go public with that faith and be baptized into your name. If that's you this morning, we can't imagine how this service could end better. How great is our God. That is more than just a song. That's our life. Amen, church? How great is our God. I know you tend to shy away from this space called the land of in-between. I tend to also. But it is the richest place of transformation in our lives. So, may God bless you in the land of in-between. Father in heaven, we come to you grateful. Grateful. Not all the time. But this morning we come to you grateful. That instead of a lecture, you offer us lunch. Thank you for what you did for Moses, Father. We see in that act what you would do for us. Thank you for being good news for us. We are so sorry that we have been ungrateful. We are so sorry that we, t- we tend to talk about all the things we don't have rather than what we do. Please forgive us in this land of in-between. Please, Father, be the lifter of our face as we focus our face on you. And come to restore our trust in you today. Father, we believe, we declare the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. Your mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. You, the Lord, are our portion, says our soul. And we will hope in you. Father, please let that be more than just a song that we sing. Let it be the declaration of our lives. For we ask us in Jesus' name and everyone said. Let's stand. Let's sing, church. And if we can minister to you in any ways, please come find us.